Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. Great place to go interact. Nick, the specialist group's been a lot of fun recently. We've got some really good discussions. Well, a big question that many of them are asking. We're going to get to it in a little bit. But before we do, let's do a little buy and sell, man. I am uh, I'm buying and selling today. And I'm buying and selling Ben Franklin. Both. He gets bought and then he gets sold. Listen, I'm buying Ben Franklin, right? Because we all know as I dive into a nice ice cold beer, new hyper clean uh, pint glass. We all know the beer does a body and a mind and a good soul well, right? So this weekend, I got that uh, wonderful news that every uh, parent gets to hear. Little Johnny wants a trampoline. Oh, yeah, that's... Let me tell you, dude. I uh, got a broken arm on a trampoline when I was little, so I, I get it. Uh, the trampoline is in every midwest backyard you know the crazy thing is not as big out here mm, too hot uh i think it's probably too hot also don't have such big yards you know we oh, don't have like yeah. a lot of the space you know older parts of vegas have it but as uh construction I saw the same thing in houston by the way as construction in these high demand areas the houses have just gotten closer and closer together so it's not as big but yeah huge where i grew up huge here right so it's 100%. Like, i'm in too i, I did Hell well i'm fun. not anymore i can't right i can't even jump anymore <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know the i i had a great it was so much fun because it was like you know i've done some of these and we get that box and it says 90 minutes setup time i go y'all are joking like yeah no way even it's not even gonna be close and they were really thinking right wife steps on they're thinking yeah we'll get this knocked out real quick i'm like no so no, not going to happen update. It's still not finished. Okay. Update is still not finished, but while you're trying to do those springs and pull it all and do all this stuff, boy, that can wear you down. And some of the best things you could ever hear, some of the best things you could ever hear without a doubt, you're pulling on this trampoline. You got springs you're trying to attach and listen, it's a, you've got to go through it. And I'm telling you, if any of you all ever set up a trampoline, what you have to do, you cannot deviate from the instructions and you have to make sure you do that system where they tell you one and then like 19 and they go, they've got it numbered down for a reason. So what? Oh yeah. Well, one thing I'm definitely going to tell you to do is go through and put a marker on each little notch and just go ahead and number them. Just save yourself time. Cause it doesn't matter how many times I've set up a trampoline. We always get the numbers off. So I'm like, listen, we're just going to start doing the numbers. So you just do the numbers and it gets a lot easier. Well, the best thing that you can hear when you're, you're listen, you, you're, you're fighting these hooks, you're getting them in. Listen, I, you know, I think somebody got slapped with a bar at one point in time, right? All kinds of things can happen while you're building a trampoline. The best thing that you can possibly hear while you're building a trampoline is, hey, let's take a break. Let's go have a beer. <laughs> I'm in, right? buying and i'm buying that quote from ben franklin right like god must have made beer to help us be happy right i needed a good cold beer enjoyed a little bit of a football game took about a 30 minute break sat there and i go 
I get it. Why dad used to take 30 minute hour long breaks all the time. Yeah. Like this is fucking awesome. Drink a beer, watch a little football, hop back out and go do it. Right. Finished up the trampoline. Listen, now the bars just have to go up, but the tension's all done. The trampoline's jumpable. He was already having a good time, but I'm selling Ben Franklin at the same time because apparently he didn't say that about beer. It's a false misnomer. He actually said that about wine. Oh, like, there you go. Makes sense, but geez, yeah. come on, Ben. Couldn't you have actually you. said beer, Listen. please? Yeah. Um, yeah, well. I'm selling and it sucks because, uh, there's just nothing worse than when everybody in your life gets sick. Oh yeah. Terrible. You know what I mean? Big bug going around team members. Got it. Whole family's got it, which means it's only a matter of time. I feel like before I get it and you're just waiting, right? You're, you're looking around every little itch in your throat. You're like, Oh, is this the start of something? You know? So you selling anxiety of sickness. I, I smell. <laughs> I, I actually spent most of the uh, weekend in my backyard because I was like, "Hey, everybody's sick. You know, let's open all the windows. Let's uh, make sure that I can try anything." And then I get to 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 my guys this morning, and two of them are just sniffling up a. St I go, "Dude, I can't get it." So I gave him one of these. Hey, you guys have a good day from way far away i said when the sniffles subside we'll hang out like i'm trying everything but i feel like you all you always know when it's a matter of time and it's probably a matter of time for me well you know it was time for the other day was it was time for somebody needed a car wash and so after the uh trampoline debacle and then getting to enjoy some cold beer i was like listen i need to go wash your car but really i just wanted to get out of the house right like, i just needed to go just just hang out for a second. Let me easily, I you know, made a little video, which we'll put out the eco one using eco one as a waterless um, and as a rinseless. Actually, interesting question, Nick, just got them this from a text message and a distributor that, uh, you know, we're talking through using eco one as rinseless, using it as waterless. Why then does the bottle come if, if you use it traditionally as a rinseless come with the sprayer? I go, well, that's a great question. It comes yep. with a sprayer because it's also a really incredible waterless. And that's yeah. originally the way we designed it was as a waterless, but it's such a universal type cleaner that you can then turn around and use it also as a rinseless. Yeah. And, and again, it's a viable question, right? Because rinseless has taken over the popularity of waterless, right? Waterless is kind of where we all started. Uh, if you ever started in this save water world, you know, you were probably pretty early on in that 2007, eight, uh, it's all good. Um, you know, like I tell people, I, I understand the skimping that goes on in the rinseless world, but then I don't take the lid off of eco one, give yourself a nice, you know, pour into the couple gallons of water, gallon of water, make sure it looks pretty damn green and go on with your day. Uh, it, it's so affordable to rinseless wash your vehicle. I don't ever like the question of how little can I put in there? And I don't care if it's the more popular rinseless that I've used or whatever. I just don't see the need. And I love when everybody says it has to be this dilution. I'll never say that. If we gave you a recommendation of one ounce to a gallon, but you put two ounces, the product shouldn't get less 
you know, friendly to work with. You and I would hate that. You can put a couple ounces per gallon of Eco One, and it's just like, oh, more lubrication. Oh, okay, yeah, I like this. It doesn't magically start smearing everywhere and those types of things. So, yeah, I mean, look, we get that question quite a bit, but the reason it comes with a sprayer, as Marty said, was you're meant to kind of, if you want to pair it with your insulus, use that as a pre-soak out of the bottle and your couple ounces into a gallon of water and you kind of are ready to go right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing that I did yesterday, which is, is pretty cool. We have a, a distributor, also a distributor named Caleb down in San Antonio. He, uh, he just put out a video uh, explaining and showing people using wipe and then installing our ceramic coating. And he used a, a little different towel for his final wipe but it's a towel we love to use for when doing rinseless is our versatile. Yeah. That's and, my final wipe towel. And that's your final wipe towel. Right. So yep. I just go, wow, I was using, this is what I was going into as I was using then after I cleaned up the outside of our vehicle, listen, we talked about it the other day. There's no reason to use a rinseless or anything like that on the inside using revive, using a cleaner, but I didn't have another towel that I wanted to use. So I used the versatile and that was the first time I'd used it on the interior. I flipped it around to use the dark side, you know, so I could get yeah. the dust and get everything off of, it and it didn't make it, you know, so, yeah. wow, that towel was super cool going over the leather seats, going over the cup holders, giving a good clean. Yeah. And, you know, now that I know you took it home, it's going to come out of your pay. So that's a versatile that we're going to try, that we're going to charge for. No, but you're right. I mean, the way we came up with versatile. When do I clock in? (laughs) I need to edit that time clock. Hold on. No, no, no. We're we're good. Here at HQ, we'll charge it. You'll see it come out of your pay. Um, Versatile was meant for versatile, right? They're literally... The problem with high pile towels is they collapse on themselves, right? Those really high GSM towels, the part that really sucks is until you're like three or four washes into that towel, the towel is very hard to glide over any surface because it's just kind of, it's a little bit too high pile. Well, if you, if you take a high dense pile, like the versatile, the versatile works great for so many different things because it's more dense than it is just high and fluffy, right? There's just more fibers in that towel than any other towel we carry pretty much. And I haven't found it one thing I couldn't use it for. Now there's cost prohibit, you know, prohibitive things to using it on everything. But if you're cleaning and detailing out a pretty clean interior uh, using it as your final wipe on a really, really good ceramic coating application. Uh, UV, you know, waterless and rinseless is a no-brainer. That's really where we love that towel. I got to say, in our lineup, got to be the best all-around towel that we have, and it's not probably very close. That's the name, huh? Yeah, it's great. I love that towel. Yeah. So I saw a post, too, as I was scrolling through, you know, going back and forth from some of the games and lost again fantasy this weekend didn't do so great i'm not starting off so great but you know it is what it is uh you know i i've got to start taking some more time off and spend spend and invest it into my fantasy analysis if i ever actually (laughs) hope to grow a fantasy team but however i don't do that i just like to bitch and moan when i'm watching the games right that's what makes them fun well so I see this post and I, I find it very fascinating and interesting because it's talking about cleaning uh, 
well, plastic mats, cleaning weather tech mats or any of the, the level type mats that have those grooves and stuff. And, and it was, it was, it was one of those posts where it's the detailer that's, you know, bashing everybody else because they oh, don't yeah. know what they're doing. Right. So it sure. was that post, which automatically made me go, Oh, I want to watch it. So I can see this magical way that it, everybody Clean should be doing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, traditional spray cleaner, then grabs a brush, goes through and brushes it off, rinses it off, bada bing, bada boom. I go, isn't right? that what we're all doing? Yeah, the process of cleaning these mats apparently hasn't changed, right? Hasn't yeah, changed I mean, one bit. The only thing that's changed was the small little brush that he was using. Yeah, I don't know. And I go, okay, cool. I get it. Everybody gets to choose a brush the way they want to choose. But listen, we had to, you know, we people start seeing we're going to put out some some new style content, some stuff that's coming out uh, from HyperClean, and one of them is going to be a. a a young detailer that has been cleaning cars for, I think about three or four years. When we were going through the video and how to clean a part of the rim, I explained to her that we needed to use this little brush that is circular and we do this thing. Yep. She goes, oh yeah, I've seen guys do that. Yep. Right? Like she's seen it out on content, but it wasn't something that she had been doing. So yeah. what's the right process for finding the right, tool aka brush oh, yeah. for our process of cleaning a rim uh, a, a weather tech a, a plastic a, a rubber mat whatever how do we go about trying to pick out what brush to use i think as long as it doesn't cause damage and get you, gets your your process done as quickly and as efficiently and as well as it can that fits the mold i mean you and i grew up and still today you guys will see you know, hand brushes that are nice and, and work really well. I told you, I like the flat iron brushes. I like the handled brushes, but look where we're at now, especially right, on flat weather iron. Mats. You mean like that, the, the one that actually looks, I call it a flat iron because it actually looks like an iron and then it has that yeah. like handle that curves up and you stick your yeah. fingers through the hole. Yeah. But it fits that well. Used to, if you just... That used to save when you were cleaning carpets and you'd oh, go yeah. up underneath and those metal yep. ramp. Oh, that was, uh, that's what would get me on my yep. knuckles all the time. Yep. Especially when it's cold. Oh, so brutal. yeah, no, it was, it, that was a, a good brush and still is. We have some in, in my company. I look at it like this. I don't know why everybody gets hung up on what somebody's using. As long as look, I got a black rim. I got to be a little bit more careful with the tool I choose, right? Because it could get scratched up. It could look ugly. And that's not why you have black rims. You want them to look good for as long as possible. If I look at a weather tech mat, the most important thing with rubber and, and, and those are, are, are a hybrid type plastic mat that, that I think most people don't realize is, is the chemical you use. You start to use, you know, you and I were talking about a situation you had where somebody put on a demo and they completely chalked a, a dash because they used a really hot degreaser on a dash one time. The same can be said for floor mats. Guys that'll just use a harsh degreaser. Now, I know it's kind of, it varies what people do. A lot of people use an APC on mats. Some guys will use degreaser on mats. I've always been a TRX kind of guy. You know, TRX and our and the Marilex Foamer, I'm not sure I've gotten a better combo. But now with drill brushes on mats, I mean that's probably as efficient and you can get really soft bristles in those in those uh brushes 
I'm not sure there's a more efficient way, but there's certainly great ways to clean a mat. And this is what kind of sucks is we're talking about floor mats and cleaning them as there as there though there is a right and wrong. If 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 a power washer works on the mat you're working on, great. Don't use a brush. If it needs a brush, then brush it. And whatever brush you have is probably better than not using a brush. So I, I, I'm not sure that I, I'm I'm the type of guy to have this kind of argument. Well, I mean, that's the point, right? In the post was, don't be lazy, clean mats correctly. And then that's apparently the correct way to do it with this little, right? Like, what is the correct way? Is there a process for figuring out the correct? So whatever you think is going to do, right? And one mat might be different than the other. One's going to have one other, like... It's just funny the way people put stuff out. And I, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to, to when talk When I was down through. in Houston, yeah, when I was down in Houston, we were doing PPF content. The way guys move their squeegee on a video is very different than how they do, how they would teach you to do it, to actually do it properly. Like this is where we're at in the content game is that sometimes you're showing something on video because it looks good rather than that's how you would have your people in your shop do it. So I, I think it's happening across the board because of something that looks good on film. All right. So something else that looks good on film and they really look good on film is all the, the builds and all the great vehicles that go out to SEMA. Oh yeah. Right. Fucking unbelievable. You've been out to how many SEMAs? Probably 10, maybe. I would say, I I would say, yeah, I mean, I, is there a like last year or like this place that you always have to go see when it comes to SEMA? Cause you're always just like, oh man, these guys build the best or this area has the best. I, it used to be Ford, you know, it used to be going into that hall with Ford and, and Mm -hmm. GM and, you know, going and seeing there and how, what they have there. Cause they're every car they brought was better than anything you saw at the Ford dealership. I mean, you know, that hall is special because that's where the heavy hitters are, right? Like there is a lot of money spent in that specific hall. And for those that have never been to SEMA, and even for those that have been to SEMA, I mean, SEMA got so big at one point, they had outside halls, like intense, you know? I mean, they just didn't have enough room. Uh, now you have multiple parts of the convention center connected by tunnels and and you ride Teslas underneath underground to get to certain parts of the convention. It's uh, Elon Musk's company called The Boring Company. They've connected multiple things and all of this crazy stuff going on in the convention center. There's no place like it if you haven't been to the Vegas convention center. It's it's not like going anywhere else. All right, well, you're getting texts. I'm getting texts. There's people inside of community. There's people inside the Hyperclean Specialist Group. Yep. A lot of people want to know, should I go to SEMA? And I'm going to go, is that the right question to ask? I don't know. So let's go over different questions that maybe we should be asking instead of, should I go to SEMA? And so before we do, right, let's talk about SEMA post and pre-pandemic, because you you have to talk about it that way, because when people talk about SEMA, many times they're actually remembering pre-pandemic. So, right? You went last year, post-pandemic. Yep. It's a very simple question. Is it the same post-pandemic as it is pre-pandemic? No. I mean, I sent you some pictures of some detailing vendors that were pretty sad. 
I mean, very sad. Empty. Huge, huge booths, huge tents over their booth, and not a body to be found. Uh, I think SEMA will be back in a way because people are traveling more and, you know, Vegas is open more, record profits in Vegas, record visitorship. I doubt with Ford and GM and, and I know people took their place, but those companies spent a lot of money propping up a certain part of that show. I think SEMA will be valuable for some companies. I heard it all last year after SEMA. I mean, you did too. You and I talked to a bunch of people that said, hey, actually with attendance being down, we could spend time with customers. It wasn't so crazy. That being said, turn the calendar from last SEMA, you and I are talking to people whose 2022 aren't that good. So was SEMA positive? We're not meaning detailers. No, 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 no. Companies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. big companies, people would know mm -hmm. who are now starting to say, Hey, this has been a bad year for us. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't wish that on people, but it shows you, can you garner, go back to them saying how great SEMA was to spend time with clients and it didn't transition, transition into a very good year. And when that stuff starts to happen, people start questioning spending the money as companies, not, not just individuals. All right. So what was it like before? Right. For me, oh, yeah, for me, SEMA was it started off the first years I would go, it started off like whole week long. Right. Yep. And then that was immediately after the first year I went big mistake. Right. So then I, bu I buckled it down yep. to, you know, three to four days is really what you need to do. So let's go ahead and say that, get that out there for people. You do not need to spend the week there. No. You know, I, I picked the date of Tuesday of when I started to come in and then I would leave either Thursday or Friday, but generally I would leave on Friday and sometimes I guess early I would leave on Saturday, but I would like to do like a Tuesday to Friday and that's all. And for me, uh, it was, I loved going and walking the show because I loved meeting the other detailers. I, I could pick some people out from some Facebook or Instagram post, and, and some people, you know, you could just, nobody knew who I was. So I just walk up and start talking to them. They didn't have a clue who I was just some guy out of Oklahoma, right? No yep. clue. And it was a lot of fun, but to me, it was all the other stuff too. Right. And pre pre pandemic. I mean, there was just so much going on. So yeah. we'll get into that of what goes on, but what was some of, I guess for you, I mean, what was it like? How, how would you recommend people then stay, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, number one, seam has always been work. I've always had that because I did some work for some manufacturers. I worked on cars. I I've been a part of the SEMA culture. I think you have to ask yourself, why am I going to SEMA? And then you can figure out what, how to stay. Like you said, you were looking at SEMA, like I'm coming here. I'm going to meet some people. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to get, I, I'm not necessarily going to walk, you know, end to end at the show and see what's going on. You were looking at it as a business, right? After you started gotten. So if it's just a business decision, yeah, I think you could actually get away with get in early Wednesday morning. Um, 
But when I mean that is, it's like get in at like six o'clock in the morning. So you kind of take a little bit of a red eye, depending on where you're from. That's if you have a lot, you know, your business is busy and you can't lose that day. Come in early Wednesday morning. And I think by Saturday morning, you can take off. Uh, for a lot of people, if they run it efficiently, they'll get in Wednesday morning and they'll be gone Friday evening. Uh, there's plenty of people that understand I'm here to do work and they don't fool around. They're booked bell to bell, right? And, and that's kind of how I enjoy SEMA. I don't enjoy SEMA anymore. And this is just kind of being spoiled living here. Walking the show, I can tell you, if you went to the show every five years, it'd be enough. There's just not that much that changes from year to year. There's not that much changes inside of three years, uh, meaning the technology you can see and the things that are going to change. And largely the booths are the same for like three to four years. I mean, it'll just look the same. I mean, I, I guarantee you everybody's booth from last year is their same booth this year. Guaranteed. Very few changes amongst the big companies because it's just a huge expense. So instead of saying, you know, should I go, I guess maybe we should start asking, what do we get out of it? Right. Yeah. So let's think of what could somebody possibly get out of SEMA? Now, walking around, you're going to meet people, right? Not only other other people that you, you, like I said, other detailers and people love and it's a thing. It's great. You're in yep. the middle of these hallways. You're walking between booths. Everybody's taking pictures, selfies galore. You got to post oh, up yeah. to everybody of who you run into. That is part of it. The other part is the people you'll meet in the booths. Not yep. only is paid personalities coming to the booth, uh, it's also, you know, their their brand representatives that they might sign something on a bottle. So they're they've got to spend time at at this yep. booth. That's a great chance to 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 meet people. But how fragile are those connections? Oh, so I think this was a misconception I had probably a misconception you've had in your career is that I'm going to go to a show. And the big thing it shows is they, they, they scan your badge, right? Yeah, man, I'm going to scan your badge. You're going to be in our system. We'll follow up with you. Our rep in your area. We we've all gotten those speeches, right? I mean, that's just, that's just a classic at the booth speech. The reality is you need to take somebody's name and phone number and email down or get their business card. And you're really going to have to do the following up as a detailer or installer or whatever it is you're doing. Because if you think these large companies are going to be on top of constantly following up with you, that's just not how it works. And when you say the word fragile, I'll say a different word, but along the same lines, they don't really exist at the show. It's what is the work you're going to put in as the business owner, as the detailer, as the installer of tent or whatever, what are you going to do to foster that relationship after the fact? Because if you think these come, by the way, people change all the time. Hell, one of the things many people don't know, if I have a hundred reps go to SEMA, 10 to 20% might get fired because of what goes on at SEMA. I mean, you know, and I know, a lot of those stories. So don't get an attachment to, Hey, went to Bob's booth and had a great conversation, dude. He's had, you can't blame him. When you're at a place like SEMA or MTE, you have a thousand conversations. It's now indicative of every party, including the company, but I want our listeners to know those companies are not going to stay on top of it. 
If you want to become an installer, if you want to do business with that company, you're going to have to do a lot of work after the fact. It's just the way it is. So, you know, if you're walking around SEMA, I mean, is there business to be done? I, I, I had some good conversations with some companies because one of the things we'll get into later is you should have a purpose, right? There's a big yep. reason why we claim purpose is one of our key foundations. You should have a purpose when you go. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. I just want to go, is there any business if you're walking around and you meet some people, let's say there's every booth is almost going to have demonstrations, which is great, yep. right? So yep. you're watching a demonstration. Great. I want to, I, can I grab that? No. Yeah, that, that. But you can, because sometimes there are some people. So is there some business that can be done at SEMA, even though you're not supposed to? Uh, I would say, I would say this. Don't insult the people at the booth because they can get in trouble for some heavy reselling type of stuff. $500 is not a lot of money at SEMA. They're spending tens of thousands. Some of these companies are spending seven figures to get entire teams and booths and all this kind of stuff to get there. This is where guys have to be realistic of you can come across really poorly to a rep. If you're talking about a $300 item, you know, a $300 per, it's just not that type of show. These guys want to hear thousands. They don't want to hear, Hey man, can I get a discount? I'll order something right now in your booth. Here's 150 bucks. Like that's, that's not SEMA. So just don't be that person. Cause it, 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 that could affect your relationship with that company. I mean, you know, as well as I do, Marty, these people really aren't there, there to sell products. They usually have a discount code for SEMA. Hey, you've been to our booth, SEMA 15, go to our site. You can go right there. You can get some product. Don't place a hundred dollar order. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I know too many of these companies. Well, in detailing other parts of the auto industry, they'll disqualify you from ever doing business again off of a, a crazy, you know, we gave you a SEMA deal and you didn't really spend very much money. I mean, you know, that stuff happens. And this is part of understanding the game. And part of understanding the game is these people are trying to create a relationship that leads to thousands of dollars in purchases. And you're better off not purchasing and not asking for a deal and, and, and fostering that relationship after the fact than trying to piggyback what's going on at SEMA, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So I mentioned earlier, I would try and come in on Tuesdays. And the big reason I started coming on Tuesdays was, well, a certain party that I began to host on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I learned starting to go into SEMA a couple years into, I go, you know what? There's, there's connections to be made on the floor. There's definitely people to meet. But maybe the majority of the quote unquote business and the further in depth of the relationships actually happens after SEMA and at night. Yep. So that's when I began hosting these pint nights. And it was a, it was a big deal for the pints of polishing podcast, giving away free beer. A lot of people would come in. There's literally parties that happen every night. Well, there used to be, I don't think there's very many anymore, but what could we do if we want to further our purpose to be there? What can we do? You're the, you're the local native there. You know what? What should we go do? I know there's some parties here and there, but for the most part, we should be able to try and find out a way to 
be around some other people, but I don't I mean, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, you were here. I think I helped you set up a dinner. You and I weren't even in business together. Uh, you needed to take out some potential clients. You're like, Hey, what's a higher end, but not like stuffy place to go. That place is still booming today. Uh, that I sent Cleaver was the Cleaver, name of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you went there and, and, uh, you know, look, I think I can only share what I've learned and, and what I'm doing as of 10 days ago, I wasn't going to SEMA. I mean, you and I had talked about it. I'm like, I look, man, I got some things to do. We need to keep our head down. We need to work a little more. Then all of a sudden I got asked for meeting after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. So the other question a lot of people ask is, are we going to SEMA? Yeah, I say nah. I am not going to SEMA officially yeah. now. Nick will be at SEMA. Yeah, I'll be I'll be at SEMA. But remember, were well, you going to hold I, a little sign, walk around? <laughs> I am Nick. I am Nick. Yeah, I I mean I I say this all the time. Like the circumstances have dictated me being there. If the circumstances aren't there, I don't find a great value because I've been there so many times right? Which is, I already have great vendor relationships. You and I already have people we're in business with, but here's the deal. Potential business needs to be done. I get word on like three or four meetings that I get asked for and I go, okay, now I have to be at SEMA. So here is is the best way to think about it. Trying to create a relationship at the show is very difficult. You called it after the show when people can do great things. You can't do great things if you're at the crap table. You can't do great things if you're drunk. You can't do those types of things. But everybody that leverages the show really well that I respect, they have tons of dinner meetings that week. They have tons of lunch meetings. Uh, They are setting up, probably walking into SEMA this year, I'll have eight meetings set up right around there. Again, if I didn't have those eight meetings set up, I'm not going to SEMA. Like, I'm going to supply a car to a certain booth. I got this. I got that. Uh, I got asked to do a demonstration for one of my vendors. Uh, you and I have three or four or five meetings now that have come up for HyperClean. And you you sit around and you go, this is the reason to be at SEMA. Anything short of that, I wouldn't have been at SEMA this year. Because when I went last year, I just went, something's changed. Like I said, I think SEMA is going to be back on the rise. I just don't know if it's this year or right this second, or it's going to take five to seven years to rebuild what they lost during the pandemic. I'm not sure. You know, that's not my expertise, but it feels like SEMA's still struggling to get their footing to pre-pandemic levels. All right. So before we go into all the people that want to know, should I go? All right. We'll finish out that question. Before we do that, you mentioned some things that could cause a, uh, a major hiccup in somebody's trip, right? Oh, yeah. uh, so what are some things that maybe we shouldn't do that's going to fuck up the trip for us? Well, I <laughs> uh, think the number well, one thing, you, look, you got you to gotta talk about MTE Vegas. I mean, th- this, was, this was all time. I mean, we saw several guys drunk at the show. Like, that's not a joke. That's what was going on. and. Uh, you know, I like booze. You like booze. I'm not hating on people. I think when you're drunk at noon during a show is a bit strange, uh, by all accounts, and it'll disqualify you from doing business for, with reputable people. I mean, still to this day, a person we saw at that show 
I'll have people reference the behavior that not necessarily was at that show, but follows him. And I don't think any of us want that. We all make mistakes. We all maybe are in tough parts of our life. I'm not judging any of that. At a show, around a show, booze, drugs, people are going to be judging you. It doesn't, it's not about right and wrong. It's what's going to happen. So that's probably the number one thing we've seen over the years is, is you and I have seen people derail entire relationship over getting drunk at night, getting drunk at the show, get, you know, doing crazy shit around SEMA. I mean, those are some of the most legendary stories we have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of guys that we, so one of the things that we would do is we would all meet up, you know, and we're going to go down to old Vegas this night, or, Hey, we're going to go walk the strip this night. Yep. And so a big group of us, right? So we'd go into different places. We enjoy time and we just keep walking. Sometimes though, right? You just go, wow, dude, did you really have to go that hard? Oh, and by right? the way, like, it's, I'm not even saying people take these conversations as though I don't judge what other people do. No. Here's what I'll say though. All these vendors do. They'll judge their own people. They'll judge you. You know, you got a lot of vice presidents, presidents, people that aren't normally out and about with, let's call it the representatives. You know, they kind of live separate lives. Here's the executive team. Here's the sales reps. Well, the executive team's not really traveling with the sales reps that often. All of a sudden now they're in one spot in Vegas and kaboom. You, you just, it's like lighting a match with kindling, right? Like crazy stuff happens. And the same goes for you as a business owner, if you're listening to this or somebody that's wondering about SEMA, as much great as can be done. And the great outweighs the bad. It's how to get the great out of the show that really matters. And you know, one thing people don't do enough at SEMA, this is how I took advantage of SEMA, especially to 2010 to 2015 is all the education. People don't realize that there is probably thousands of hours of education at SEMA from internet marketing. They'll bring in the biggest YouTube stars to, to give talks. This was happening in 2015. And they would, that's how I learned that the internet was pay for play. This dude was like, had like 5 million followers on an automotive YouTube uh, channel. He goes, look, dude, I pay for all of this. Like he's the one that educated me. Think about that. Um, if I didn't go to those seminars at SEMA, and by the way, some of the best ones are at like 6 a.m. And that's the problem is that they'll pay somebody 100000 to do this, this talk. This will be the most reputable guy at SEMA, and people won't get out of bed to go see him. And they, they actually say that, hey, I picked this spot because I wanted to see who was for real, who wasn't. There's gifts underneath your chair. I mean, then as the later of the day, the worse the speakers got usually – but SEMA's got a lot of stuff if you take advantage. Inside the actual show, things not to fuck up, I would say, listen, be cordial. Oh, like, yeah. look somebody in the face when they're talking to you. You know, shake their hand if they want to. I get it. Post-pandemic's different. But then just because there's some free shit there oh. doesn't mean you got to take it. What like, great advice that is. It, it really is like I did not go around and I listen, I've been whether it's mobile tech, this car wash show. If you want to talk about a place that gives out a lot of shit, 
It's a car wash <laughs> conventions. Yeah. And they actually, when you're walking in, same as SEMA, right? SEMA had that big bag. spider bag, you know, and it was this bag that big you know, red you bag. Can, yeah. yeah. And spider did a great job of sponsoring that bag. Yeah. You know, the worst thing that you could do is pick up that bag. Because oh, what yeah. you're going to do is you're going to go to every booth and they're going to go, Hey, do you want this? You're going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Just throw her in. Worst thing to do. Why? A. You just wasted. Not only let's just, just, just use the word waste, right? Yep. Yep. It's the time waste. That's the most, because what are you going to do with that big fucking goddamn bag? You're going to go back to your hotel or casino resort, wherever. And most likely the majority of it will never make it on the plane and ever get home. And if it does, the mass majority of that's all going to get thrown away. Oh, you yeah. will very rarely ever do any business off of something that you grab a bag and you're going around and grabbing. Yeah. We free call shit. it tchotchkes. Yeah. Tchotchkes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, it's not a great interaction. It's not a great time spent. We're in 2022 going on 2023. We all know most of our relationships are internet based. Uh, what do I need to pick up a catalog? You know, we saw a supplier last year. I told you about had all of these women around their booth, this big circular booth, giving out these massive, huge, thick catalogs. And they're like, Hey, do you want a catalog? I'm like, yeah. And I, they hand it to me like forcefully and I'm with, with one of my vendors and I did it for a joke. I'm like, who would even look through this thing goes from my hand right into the trash can. We walked by two steps later and I go, how are we still in catalogs? Like it's, it's just not relevant. And so you did, you do bring up a good point that the tchotchke affair of I'm going to, you know, grab this bag and I'm going to get all this free stuff. And it's, you don't want to carry that around the show. Uh -uh. My, my, my whole, my whole thing is to people, if you're, if you're hell bent on, I want to carry some stuff in the show with me is to bring a backpack. I don't even know if they allow that anymore, to be honest with you, but bring a backpack. That's your backpack that, you know, if you need to put some business cards somewhere, uh, you know, allows you to kind of put them there. So they're not stuffed in your pocket, but yeah, the free tchotchke stuff. And look, you, you said it best. We, I wasn't at MTE last year and, and the same goes for SEMA, but I'll, I'll specifically bring up MTE. There were a few people walking around MTE that for whatever reason, and like I said, you were there, I wasn't that were rubbing people the wrong way for, for a variety of reasons, how they were walking, walking around, they weren't interacting with people. They act like they own the show. These are the texts I was getting. And, and it just screams. I wasn't at the show for the right reason. So if you're not gonna be at the show for the right reason, just don't go. Like you're not going to miss anything, but if you're going to go and do business, man, go do them business, shake hands, kiss babies. Uh, like you said, be cordial, but I'll say it at this point in my career, if I don't have. Well, so hold on. That's where I was going to say that's the final one, right? Yeah. So let's talk about SEMA 2022. Yep. Let's say we decide we want to go. How do we go? What do we do? What should we be doing? Like you're you you're going to talk about scheduling yeah. the meetings, right? Yep. Like I, I'm going to go, you should pick out something that you want to leave with. And I don't mean the bag and all the brochures and all that. I mean, you should go with an idea that I need something out of here and you're going to need to define that however you want to define it. 
for me, the shows have been, there's people I want to meet. There's certain meetings I want to do. There's certain things I want to do. Sometimes it's been, I need to hunt this certain product. Uh, yep. It could be, I need to hunt that, right? I would pick out some, there's these people I need, right? There's different things that I would want to do that when I got back, I could have a checklist of, did I get this accomplished? Did I get this accomplished? And it's okay. You should have some fun. You oh, yeah. should schedule some time to clock out in a sense. You oh, yeah. should go do some stuff that's non-business, right? Yep. But you should make it home with this checklist of these three things, these two things, these five things. I need to do these and look into this. Maybe it could be dry ice, right? It's that next thing that's hopping out, right? Like you could pick a couple different things and you should not mean that you leave buying a dry ass machine. Don't, don't right. get me wrong. Yep. You should leave having knowledge of why you should or shouldn't so that you can spend more time, but you should leave with a checklist of things that you looked into and things that you thought about that you should probably get out of it. Yep. It's great advice. And, and last year, matter of fact, you brought up dry ice. I had somebody hunt me down at the show. I didn't even have a badge with my name on it. Hunt me down at the show. And he goes, Hey, are you Nick? Uh, yeah, we've been trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, Stan, I'm like, that's not even on my name tag. I got, I got the name tag from a PPF vendor. I didn't even have my own last year because they were like, Hey, we got an overrun, whatever, but you're right. Let's call it action plan. You should come home and say, I got these 20 people to follow up with these 10 people to follow up with. I got, more info to get on these eight things or whatever, right? That's what you're saying. You better come home, not just accomplishing things, but be able to say, I got to follow up on these five, 10, 15 things. I need to start garnering the relationship with this guy from this booth because I really like what he had to say, but now you got to start digging into the facts. I mean, this is kind of what we saw during the coding boom. Everybody just kind of took everybody's word for it. And all of a sudden they're putting a coating on a car for five years that they lied to the local dealership about true or false. True. True. Still to this day, by the way. And it's didn't okay. Correct the problem even knew that he was selling a lie still is didn't correct selling the lie. Yeah. So it's work. And if you take it as work and you take it as seriously as work, I think seem is a great thing. Like you said, go have some fun, go and go throw some craps, play some blackjack, you know, do what you got to do to have a good time. I will say this. There's some old school guys that I know in this business that have treated SEMA the same way for 20 years. They don't come to do business. It's a way for them to get away for three or four days from a really busy schedule, really busy family life. And they come out here and very rarely even walk into the show. They'll just set up two or three meetings with their best vendors. They'll take them out to a steak dinner. They enjoy their life. They're never going to walk in the show again. So they go and have a good time. They spend a lot of money at the craps table. I'll see them when they're out here. I know they're listening, but I'll say this the same way. They don't leave SEMA without solidifying more of a relationship with somebody or a new business opportunity or whatever. They may never walk into the show ever again. I mean, I know two specific guys that run pretty big businesses that have swore to me they'll never walk in those doors again. They can't stand all the people, but they know all of the people there, they can get meetings. Those meetings turn to something. 
a lot of smart people take the show as access to people instead of the show itself. So I, I think it's, you, you got to make it work for you. Yeah. Agreed. If you want to go, make it work. Listen, that's what we decided. I hope again, sometime uh, in the near future, years down the road, we can eventually get back out to SEMA. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm ready to drink beer and drink a lot. Well, we of know beer that. I mean, that's why we just try to tell you that you yeah. got to come out here with the great attitude and you're talking about getting drunk before the show. I mean, it's yeah. like, dude, we can't have that. Yeah. We, we maybe will get you one of those big empty tents that I saw last year from some of the companies, you know, that's what we'll put you in. I'll be like, Hey, Marty's over there. This is the real hyper clean booth. We stuck him over there in the corner. <laughs> and we'll do that on a Tuesday night for a pint night is where I was going to go, but you know, put me in an empty booth and just send me over there and drink. That's I could funny. do either way, Nick. I could, yeah. I really, could. I hear you. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So, Hey, everybody right. enjoy SEMA. If you're going to go though. I mean, we don't want to, it's not negative, but we're just trying to kind of give our two cents here. Definitely. All right, man. Have a great time. See you next week, Nick. All right, brother. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Nick's right. Definitely. Give me a, a tent. Give me some beer. I'm good to go. Ding. <laughs> hey, here's one thing that I have definitely learned of going to SEMA is whatever you set your mind to, you'll get it done. I've learned that a lot about in, in life in general, business, whatever you set your mind to do, goddamn, you can generally get it done. So if you're going to go to SEMA, set your mind to going and having fun, set your mind to going and doing business and Make yourself a plan and you'll get it done. You're going to have a blast. And everybody else here inside a community, we're looking forward to seeing your photos, looking forward to seeing all the great business and all the great time you had out of SEMA. For everybody that goes, enjoy. For everybody that doesn't go, enjoy. All right. Have a great week. <laughs>